0: The science of... On the Money Show. The Science of, brought to you by Telcom Business Convergence, one solution, one service provider. Welcome to the Money Show this evening. Two guests, Stephen Rothman in studio this evening, Chief Executive of CNG Holdings, Andre Hijo, Chief Executive of Novo Energy this evening. Um, Stephen Rothman, let's start with you. Give me a sense, please, of CNG, compressed natural gas. Just give us a, a feel, please, as to how the stuff occurs in nature and what it takes to compress it and why you compress it and what we would do that after that?
1: Okay, Briz, um, compressed natural gas is uh, methane. Methane comes from uh, various sources, like you get coal bed methane. Uh, the methane we're getting is from Mozambique off the um, oil fields uh, um, in that area. We then have to compress it to get it to hold more into a CNG cylinder. So you compress it to 200 bar so you can get more um, capacity. Once a vehicle is operating, it would go through a regulator and take it down to about two to three bar. So the vehicle then injects it into the engine and can operate uh, smoothly.
0: Uh, now, this, this natural gas, which occurs at Mozambique, how, does you, how do you get it from Mozambique up to, to Gauteng, where there are projects ongoing at the moment in terms of using compressed natural gas?
1: We get it via the Sassel pipeline. Our, our first filling station is at Longlaachter. So it's piped all the way from uh, uh, Mozambique. Uh, it runs down to Secunda, uh, from Secunda into um, the Johannesburg area in Pretoria. Um, and then we, we also get uh, methane enriched gas down in KZN.
0: And what's the market for it like? I mean, just give me a sense of, of how big the market is using compressed natural gas.
1: Well, at the moment, there's quite a shortage because, um, Sassel's only got a certain amount of gas available. We believe in, in, in future years with coal bed methane coming online and then our shale gas, um, which is quite a long way away, uh, we will, we'll have a lot of access to gas. The demand is, is very good. Uh, the, the taxi drivers, for example, they're saving, depending on their driving habits, between 30 and 40 percent. And, and that immediately is a draw card for them to move to natural gas. Uh,
0: uh, how many filling stations are there that provide compressed natural gas um, in the Gauteng area?
1: Well, we, we started this process almost six years ago. So we had to go through um, proving to the IDC um, that is actually one of our shareholders that it actually works in South Africa. Uh, we then launched this filling station, and in the next uh, three months, we'll be putting up uh, five more filling stations, but not standalone. They'll be retrofitted with uh, alongside a, uh, a normal fi- uh, petrol filling station. Uh, Andre, I, I'm not sure how many they've got I think they got two or three but he can answer
0: that I'll talk to him in just a second about that because that is the point isn't it, I recently was lucky enough to drive the Nissan Leaf for a couple of days which is the battery powered car and I had to go to a specific point to top up on power and wait around while I did so, uh, I, I suppose it's wonderful and it's all terribly easy but you are constrained and if you've only got one outlet and you've only had the one for the last six years, it makes the broad adoption of this technology quite slow, so you're upping the game now this year um through through making it considerably more accessible
1: basically our rollout plan only started in uh 2013 the the 6 years leading to to this is uh licensing EIAs uh, getting uh, approvals um proving that the concept works we've we've got a rapid rollout plan now where we um, we service industrial customers um, that that uh, use it as an alternative for paraffin for lpg for heavy fuel oils uh, the vehicle side of things we uh, got funding together so we're funding a thousand taxis uh, and we're recouping the the cost of the of the um, conversion kit out of the gas uh, what we are hoping to do is follow a model that they're doing in asia and south america where they eventually get banks to fund on a large scale the conversions. So we we anticipate in the next three to four years a rapid rollout of CNG.
0: How how did you get the taxi drivers interested in this? Did you go through taxi associations or how did that process work?
1: We went to taxi associations. We spoke to individual um, drivers, owners. Uh, Riverly Taxi Association, which is next door to our, our our test filling station that was initially set up, they, they made vehicles available, and as they saw the savings, word got around, and uh, we, we, we're proud to say, as of this week, we're actually doing five conversions a day.
0: Five conversions of petrol taxis into gas-driven taxis.
1: Absolutely, yes.
0: Andre Higgo is the chief executive of Novo Energy. What what's, how big is your business, Andre? I mean, how long have you been going for? Because we've heard the whole story of, uh, of uh, CNG holdings. What, what is your guys' position in the market?
2: Um, We've also been approximately in business for for about five to six years. Um, We've got three um, public refueling stations at the moment. Uh, One of them is a fairly large station, uh, one is running off a landfill site. We're harvesting landfill gas from a landfill site. Now, and this is interesting. Uh,
0: Sorry, I mean, you, you make, you're making the assumption we all know about this, Andre. I, I was lucky enough to have a dentist in Grahamstown, a guy called Brian Latrobe, 30 years ago, um, who ran a project uh, in the Khini township just outside Grahamstown where he was harvesting methane gas then, but on a far smaller scale. You must be, yes. I mean, you, you must have these huge landfill sites that are generating tons of this stuff on a, on a weekly basis.
2: Yeah, we, we've estimated that there's approximately enough um, landfill gas in Ghateng in to to power all the taxis and buses, and, um, and the, there's massive potential savings using using biogas. Um, but as Stephen said, it's, it's been a long regulatory process to, to establish infrastructure and, and to get going. We also see the same numbers that Stephen's seeing where we can't keep up with, with, with converting vehicles at the moment. At 500 litre plus saving, it's... Um, I uh, was so literally queuing up every day um, and applying for conversions. And,
0: w- and what's the efficiency like? I mean, how does um, the conversion of gas to power work in terms of the consumption of fuel? It's all well and good to cost five rand a litre less than petrol, mm-hmm. um, but are the engines as efficient?
2: Yes, the efficiency re- remains the same. We um, we sell a, an equivalent um, amount of energy that equals one litre of, of petrol. So. The vehicle operator owner would buy the same amount of energy. That he would have bought if he um, if he bought a litre of petrol, and that gives him the same travel distance and efficiencies and and, and, and fuel consumption. So he compares one on one with the same amount of energy. So we we seeing um, taxi um, operators saving up to five thousand rands a month on on, on their vehicles. And what is it's a massive, the it's
0: a What is the opportunity for me to bring my car around you and saying, please convert it? Is it worth it economically for me to do so if I'm not doing the, the huge distances that the taxis are doing? Or does it only become economically viable if you're doing 10,000 Ks every single month?
2: Yes, and I think that that's why the taxi and public transport sector is a specific target market to focus on. But there's obviously also other large logistic and, and, and security fleets, for instance. Um, as you alluded earlier on, they operate around central areas, so they can always come back to refuel. So so those are the obvious markets to, to initially target. For the guy that's going to drive 10 kilometers a day, it's probably not going to be feasible because there is a cost um, associated with the conversion of, of the vehicle to, to, to operate them on, on natural gas. What would
0: it cost Henry, if, I, if I wanted to convert, a, I don't know, a 1.8 liter car into, into natural gas, into a vehicle that could um, use it? I, I,
2: Tax is around 20,000 rand, um, and we've seen paybacks of about if you if you save 5,000 rand a, a month on fuel, it's about four to six month payback. But there's financing um, schemes and incentives that we've designed. I know Stephen has been doing the same, where we actually use a, a portion of the fuel price to subsidize the conversion. Um, but these programs being rolled out by, by and and other institutions to actually subsidize some of these conversions. And in most countries, there's been governmental um, financing mechanisms that actually allow people to convert because the net benefit of the economy is so massive. Uh, are, you use...
0: uh, are, we, are you getting state support at all?
2: Um, there, is, there is some incentives came through the DTI. I know there's, there's some of the other funding institutions like the IDC that's, that's supporting programs like this. Um, there's been a big drive from government, from Department of Energy, Department of Transport, DTI, Environmental Affairs. It looks like finally um, the minds are coming together to actually support a a, a national rollout program of, of, of a very affordable transportation fuel for the
0: masses. André Hico, thanks very much for joining us this evening. The Chief Executive of Novo Energy. Um, Stephen Rothman, don't go away. We need to talk more in the next couple of minutes. If you've got any questions for Stephen Rothman this evening, Chief Executive of CNG Holdings, he's in studio with me tonight, talking all about the science of natural gas. It's absolutely fascinating. I'm loving the conversation. But I would like your questions tonight as well. If I'm not asking the specifics that you require, please give us a shout this evening on 21 446 702. The Science, science. Of On The Money Show. Questions coming through thick and fast. Stephen Rothman, Chief Executive of CNG Holdings with me this evening. Mark and Cinturin, your question for Stephen Rothman. Good evening.
2: Yeah, okay. Uh, thanks, Bruce. Uh, I mean, I'm driving it the eyes. so obviously if I put this stuff in, I don't want to lose any power because why would I have a GTR number one? But secondly, can he give me some sort of an indication where it puts to... Um, consumption, and then uh, cost per litre as you would pay around 15 rand per litre of petrol, just to get an idea where we would be con- uh, uh, from a cost of view. I know you said 30 to 40%, but uh, consumption versus cost per litre, that you know, like a normal petrol speak that okay. we use, you uh, can give us some
0: comparison. Thank you, Mark and Cinturin, very much. First one is the power ratio. Do you lose power in, in a vehicle as a high-performance vehicle like a GTI, Stephen?
1: I, I wouldn't uh, be putting it into GTI. Um, you've got the option to do that, but if you're going to go racing around, um, there are other options. What what we typically go for is if, you, if you're using your vehicle for, for traveling, uh, if you're driving for reps, uh, that's why we target the public sector market, buses, taxis and that. Because one of the negative things is it's a heavy cylinder. So you, you have to um, put the cylinder behind the back seats of the taxi. Um, the loss of power, they're they recording a loss of about 6% in power. The, the, the newer generation kits are, are getting to a stage where, where the losses are minimum. But uh, we have done uh, tests on turbo uh, vehicles. And in actual fact, in some cases, we got performance that was better than the original performance. Okay. Thank you for that. Free in Sunninghill, your question?
2: Hi, my question is whether it will work for diesel engines or
1: is it only for petrol engines? Cool question. Thank you, Free. What about that one, Stephen? At the moment, we're focusing on uh, petrol because the energy contents of uh, gas and, and uh, or the energy value of gas and, and petrol are very similar. There are various technologies for diesel. Diesel has developed um Uh, and evolved uh, quite a bit in the last three years. So, yes, you can convert. We're not offering diesel conversions as such, but uh, petrol is readily available to convert. Uh, We would say, depending on the vehicle and the application, for example, we're doing uh, a fleet of trucks, 120 trucks. So we'd specifically focus on a a brand and a make and and slowly bring it into the marketplace.
0: Are you to what? slowly? Is this a five-year project or is this slightly longer than that?
1: I, I'm talking around two to three years. Okay. And Sipo in Mondio, he has a good question. Hello, Sipo.
2: Hi, uh, Bruce. I, I took my car last uh, month né, for a conversion, and they, they told me that the gas cylinders that would fit at the back of my car are, are, are out. So uh, they said they would contact me back, but they, they never did. And when I tried to contact them back, uh, there, there was no response.
0: Okay. See, Bob. We'll take your number, and we'll make sure that it gets uh, gets to Stephen, so that you can uh, Stephen can get hold of you. But I mean, it's interesting that
1: people do want to
0: convert private cars like this, Stephen.
1: Um, absolutely. They, we, we're seeing more and more people coming across, uh, especially when we're financing the kits. They, they they are very keen to to get a kit for free and save uh, thirty forty percent on their fuel bill. Uh, We do have um, certain problems, certain vehicles need uh, different sizes of cylinders, so there, there are many different sizes of cylinders in the marketplace. So, we are limited. Uh, in certain cases, we, we would tell people that uh, we would bring in a certain size cylinder, but it's going to take them time. It'll take a couple of months to have the cylinders here and be able to convert their vehicles. But, we're, but we're, again,
0: we'll pass C- we'll Seepo's C- number on to you, Stephen, and we'll see whether or not you can help him out at all. Questions Please. about safety coming through this evening. What about safety? Reinhardt asks, what happens at a car crash?
1: Basically, if you take a, a fuel tank, uh, we're so used to traditional petrol. It's in a thin little steel fuel tank. If you take CNG, you're compressing it to 200 bar. You're talking about a two to three centimeter cylinder. Now, there's, there's quite an interesting um, safety video on, on the net that uh, was done in America. So they've done um, tests where they've had a nine millimeter shoot, no penetration to the cylinder. They've had a uh, three, five, seven, shoot, no penetration. The only one that penetrates the cylinder is an is a armor-piercing bullet. And what <laughs> happens is natural gas is lighter than air. So what happens is the, it didn't ignite. It just dissipated into the air. Then on, we've had a few taxis that have had accidents. They've got uh, a pneumatic valve, so an uh, electric valve that shuts off. It's got a manual valve, and it's got a slam shut. So there are various uh, features. So if you have an accident, it will close off, and, and the gas will not ex- escape.
0: Okay, thanks for that. Then Shabir in Mondial, here's something that's on my mind. Shabir, what was your experience?
2: Uh, see, I'm originally from Pakistan. And now they're having a load shedding there. Three days or four days, they ran out of the CNG. So what is the future plan for
0: South Africa? Thank Number you. Uh, sorry, sorry, Shabir, we are tight on time. I mean, you say we're short of supply at the moment. Uh, Shabir's issue there also is if they're not enough for these fuel stations, then, um, you know, you've always got to be going back to the to, to the home, home base once again to fill up, Stephen.
1: Basically, um, the the petrol conversions are not – they can switch over to petrol at any time. So when you're driving along and your gas is Ah, finished, it automatically goes back to petrol. Where you traditionally – like what he's talking about in Pakistan could be possibly dedicated vehicles like buses, um, trucks, refuge trucks – um, they would be problematic if they if they don't have gas. so what what we're doing and, and, and how the gas works on this side is we have allocation. So we can only convert a certain number of vehicles and uh, take on a certain amount of industrial customers. Um, at that basis, we have to take the gas. So we're planning ahead. Phase one is is roughly um, we measure it in gigajoules, six hundred thousand gigajoules. Then uh, once we go into phase two, we'll ramp it up by uh, more than doubling it to 1.5 million gigajoules. So we'll systematically convert vehicles, and we're not converting more vehicles than what we can supply.
0: Uh, we wish you luck with it, Stephen, because it, it does sound like this is the future. Quick question on environmental effect. Um, is the impact the same as, uh, as, as petrol in terms of the emissions that uh, are uh, come out of the engine?
1: No, the the emissions are reduced substantially. On tests that that were done uh, um, in South Africa, we had uh, a a vehicle that's been converted as a 27% reduction in emissions. Dedicated vehicles have significantly more reductions in emissions. So it's a very clean burning, pure burning uh, fuel. There we go. Stephen Rothman, the Chief
0: Executive of CNG Holdings. Thanks for your time this evening. Also to Andre Hugo who is the Chief Executive of Novo Energy. To you for your questions and your SMSs and your tweets. Thank you for those as well as we've learned more about natural gas this evening. Talk at 9 with Aubrey Nassano. Sunday to Friday, 9 to midnight on 567 Cape Talk. There seems to be a frosty relationship between Rwanda and uh, South Africa. What is the real story?
2: Since 2010, there have been attempts on the lives of senior Rwandan personalities, military people who have sought asylum in South Africa after falling out with President Paul Kagame.
0: Tom Wheeler, former ambassador and researcher at South African Institute of International Affairs. Talk at 9 on 567 Cape Talk. Your number one news and talk station. Marilyn, I need a non-automated, hand-operated ink dispenser for the objective of on-paper documentation. A pen, sir?
1: Yes,
2: that's the word I was looking
1: for. Using several words when one will get the job done doesn't make sense.